Henry Ward Beecher said of the Sabbath, A world without it would be like a man without a smile, like a summer without flowers, and like a homestead without a garden. Almost two years into a global pandemic and months of face masks, we all know what it is to miss a friendly smile. A summer with no flowers would be painfully bland, and a homestead without a garden, well, it would leave us all starving, wouldn't it? There is no exact way to practice Sabbath, and this is a place where all manner of ideas of rest and peace converge. Whether you observe a Sabbath rest for religious practice, spiritual and physical renewal, financial necessity, or any number of other reasons, you're welcome here. This is the Sabbath Slowdown Podcast, hosted by Rachel Ashworth, and we're glad you're here. On this day in history, in 1986, the Space Shuttle Challenger took off from Cape Canaveral, Florida at 11.38 a.m. An audience of hundreds crowded on the ground and millions more watched a live televised broadcast as the shuttle carrying seven pushed its way into the sky. Among the crew was a high school social studies teacher from New Hampshire who had won a contest for her ride into space. She was 37 years old, only two years older than I am today. 73 seconds into its flight, a malfunction on board led to a plume of smoke and fire, as the pilot said, "Uh uh-oh, which is the last recorded message from the Challenger. The vehicle broke up an instant later, and the line between the ground and the shuttle went static. There were no survivors. you could imagine, when the Challenger exploded, it hurt the space program for a bit. It hurt the country for a bit. Children and adults who watched this explosion live on television still talk about it. It was traumatic and left an injury. After this happened, there was a period of rest that had to take place. There was a moment of silence. There was a pause. What I want to point out is that after the moment of pause, the space program got back to work. After the pause, President Reagan appointed a special commission to determine the cause of the Challenger disaster. About two and a half years later, the space shuttle Discovery launched successfully and landed safely. It was a success after all, and the SAFE mission would not have been possible if it hadn't been for the commission and the research and the recovery of the debris after that first failure, that major trauma. If you've experienced trauma like so many of us have, you can recover as well. You can experience success after all. According to the National Council for Mental Well-Being, 70% of adults in the U.S. have experienced a traumatic event in their lives. I'm part of that 70%, and many of you listening may be as well. Fortunately for me, my trauma is all in the past. I've moved from it and grown from it. 
So if you are new to trauma and you have been touched by something that gutted you the way only a traumatic experience can, I hope this episode helps you find rest after trauma. Here is the thing. When you experience trauma, you stop. It is a brick wall that stands in your way. It is a weapon hurled at you to stop you in your tracks. It is an emotional blow that leaves your mind empty and somehow full of all the wrong things at the same time. I remember when my abusive marriage ended in 2008. I was 21 and my marriage was everything to me. I found my identity in this marriage, this relationship, this role of pious Christian wife and someday mother. So wrapped up in the living itself, I never realized that throughout this turbulent relationship, I experienced trauma, the little t trauma I endured on a daily or weekly basis didn't seem like trauma, but rather how life was. This is how many who live in an abusive home live, unknowing that this trauma weaves its ugly tendrils all throughout your heart and mind. When this marriage ended, my identity was torn away, and this was my big T trauma. I was out of a dangerous, unhealthy marriage, yes, but I had hit a brick wall on my travel through life, and the wall seemed to fall all over my identity, left buried under the rubble. In his book, Green Lights, Matthew McConaughey uses the idea of traffic lights. Green lights are affirmations, approvals, praise, support, success, health, happiness, all the things about life that pat you on the back and say, you're doing this thing correctly. Those are green lights. However, my marriage wasn't full of green lights. Even before our wedding, my first adult relationship was a long road of yellow lights. These are the interruptions, the pauses, the injuries, the pain, the detours that drive you off track for a moment. The yellow lights in your life may look like a layoff at work, a huge blow up with the family, a difficult secondhand situation. It may look like your paycheck is not stretching through the end of the month or your car has a flat tire. I endured so many yellow lights in my marriage that I didn't see the red light coming. The red light is the brick wall. It's the complete stop. It's an intervention, an utter failure, a traumatic event, a death. After my red light experience, I had a moment of complete and utter stillness in which I couldn't move in any direction lest I get lost completely. Then I did. I got lost completely for a moment. I questioned God. I no longer knew myself. I had no idea what to do, so I did all of the wrong things, but I did do one thing right. I continued the life-giving practice of the Sabbath. Now, I've told you that Sabbath is not only for the religious, but I am a Christian and my own Sabbaths are often spent in church and with other believers of the Christian faith. 
The Sabbath, though, is spiritual whether or not you attend church. The practice of solitude and rest is spiritual no matter what you may believe about yourself or God. Sabbath practice has been used by all types of cultures and religious groups throughout history. Matthew McConaughey talks about a similar practice in his book. When he hit a red light, he went to the desert for 52 days with no electricity. He couldn't speak to anyone because he didn't know the language. He faced himself in utter solitude in what he called a walkabout. Other modern terms for this type of journey is what author Shelley Paxton calls the soulbatical, or another is spiritual realignment. I really like that one. Like Sabbath, the walkabout is an ancient cultural practice for self-discovery and healing. Like Sabbath, it is spiritual. Like Sabbath, it is necessary. Is it necessary to shut your phone off and go into the desert where you know no person and no language to describe your anguish, your loss? No. But you can experience this healing solitude on your rest day this week. If you have experienced trauma and your heart is in turmoil and you can't find your feet, let alone place them on the ground, then my friend, you need to rest. The soulbatical you need is Sabbath. Sabbatical actually originates with the Greek word sabbatikos, which means of the Sabbath. It's no coincidence that cultures take a sabbatical or a walkabout or soul journey after a trauma to reflect and reconnect with themselves and their spiritual lives. It's no coincidence that when I hit my red light, I did the same thing, grounded myself weekly in this Sabbath rest. I hope you do the same. I hope that when you experience trauma or grief, you can rest at the red light. I hope you can take the time there to heal and reflect before you act, because when you act out of pain or grief or anger, you end up hurting yourself more taking more detours than necessary. What we all need after a trauma is a rest period, a period of stillness, of solitude, or reflection. The space program didn't send another team of astronauts into space right after the Challenger, using the same equipment, design, and training. It took time to assess, recover, and implement new plans. Do you need a rest this week to manage a traumatic experience? I hope you will give this gift to yourself. Well, friends, I hope you're not too tired of comfy soups and stews because it's still pretty cold here in Missouri, and we are leaning in to all our favorite comfort foods. Today's recipe is a vegetarian chili, sweet potato and black bean from Eating Well. It'll be linked in the show notes. This recipe will take 40 minutes, and it serves four. 
You will need one tablespoon plus two teaspoons of extra virgin olive oil, one medium large sweet potato peeled and diced, one large onion diced, two tablespoons chili powder, four cloves minced garlic, four teaspoons of ground cumin, one half teaspoon ground chipotle chili, and you can omit that if you don't want it too spicy. A quarter teaspoon salt, two and a half cups water, two 15 ounce cans of black beans rinsed, one 14 ounce can of diced tomatoes, four teaspoons of lime juice, and a half cup chopped fresh cilantro. The recipe calls for it, but I'm leaving that cilantro out. <laughs> So for your directions, you want to heat the oil in a good sized pan on medium-high heat, add the sweet potato and onion and cook, stirring often, until the onion is beginning to soften, about 4 minutes. Add the garlic, chili powder, cumin, chipotle, and salt, and then let it cook. Stir it constantly for 30 seconds. Add water and bring to a simmer. Cover, reduce heat to maintain a gentle simmer, and cook until the sweet potato is tender, about 10 minutes. Then you want to add your beans, tomatoes, and lime juice. Increase the heat to high and return it to a simmer. Stir it often and reduce the heat and simmer until slightly reduced, about five minutes. Remove from the heat, and if you want that cilantro, serve it on top. This freezes well. It serves as leftovers well. It is starchy, it has veggies, and if necessary, if you want, you can add some meat. Enjoy! This week, for the Nature Lovers Moment, I want to read a little section from one of my favorite books, The Animal Dialogues, Uncommon Encounters in the Wild, by Craig Childs. I've read from this book before, and I love it. I have seen more than a few posts on social media this week where a friend has snapped a picture of a bald eagle in flight. It makes me want to head to the lake to see if I can see one for myself. But until then, Reading the experiences of others will have to do. And now here's the reading. I had never seen this, the open wings of an eagle in flight, not from above. The bald eagle flies with level wings flat like a mesa, like a dancer caught midair with her arms pointed to either end of the stage. The arms, the fine bones, are nothing. It is the feathers that matter, opened to catch the ocean below. If you get a close look at an eagle's primary flight feathers, you can see that the front of the feather is much thinner than the trailing side, giving it a sharp, narrowing appearance. About three quarters of the way to the tip is a notch that nearly terminates the trailing veins, allowing them to separate. They are called 
emarginate primaries, spread perfectly from one another in order to move independently. They work the air bit by bit with the efficiency of long, narrow fingers. There are, in fact, five on each wing, and they splinter so that I can see the ocean between them. Look at the bones of a bird, and although quite distorted, they will match a mammal's skeleton. The wings anatomically correspond exactly to each human bone from the arm to the longest finger. But in birds, the forelimb is compacted and simplified so that the wrist, hand, and fingers are fused into a single elongated bone. Bones are nearly hollow, supported with light interior struts. The entire skeleton is welded up, redesigned from all other animals, a skeleton that, in some birds, weighs less than its feathers. There is complete redistribution of weight, taking the crushing end of digestion away from the mouth, where there would be heavy teeth, and putting it into the gizzard at the center of balance within the body. Muscles are aligned to control feathers independently. The respiratory system can propel it to an altitude of 36,000 feet, where no other animal could even take a breath without slipping directly into unconsciousness. It is fair enough to conclude that one of the more structurally advanced animals on the planet is the bird. And that's the end of the reading. It's a section in the bald eagle chapter. Hearing about the majesty of this bird and others makes you feel insignificant, doesn't it? It does for me. I hope that you live in an area where you can see majestic birds. Just like stages of grief, there are phases of trauma recovery. First comes safety and stability, then remembering and grieving, and finally, restoration. I don't know what phase you are in now. Maybe you haven't endured trauma at all, but perhaps someone close to you has. I encourage you this week to take steps toward healing. Start with Sabbath. Give yourself space to be alone this week. Give yourself space to think about, remember, and grieve what's happened. And in the quiet moments, give yourself permission to sit still and rest. Your get started tip for this week is to assess your emotions. Are you holding on to a past hurt or memory? Maybe a trauma that has gone unprocessed? Get out a notebook and journal about it this week. Then make sure to spend some time utterly alone on your Sabbath. If you'd like to, plan a walkabout of your own. Maybe a solo trip that takes a weekend or a long hike that takes an afternoon. Whatever you do, make sure it's safe and that someone knows where you are, especially if you're hiking alone. Visit BetterHelp or Talkspace online for counseling. I've heard great things about them, and they're supposed to be the best online counseling services. Reach out to your family, your significant other, your pastor, anyone who will support you in your healing. 
Explain to them what you're doing each week with Sabbath rest. I'm sad I can't walk with you through it, and I'm sure we'll have to have another episode on this topic in the future. In the meantime, I'll be back next week with another great topic. Until next time, stay rested. This has been the Sabbath Slowdown Podcast, where we learn to slow our pace and find our place. Make sure you subscribe for easy access to future episodes. If you'd like to support the Sabbath Slowdown Podcast, share it with your friends and leave a review everywhere podcasts are available. Thank you and stay safe until next week. Mm-hmm.